in the name of God who is creating, redeeming and sustaining us. Amen. Would you please sit down? Few people like to face life alone. We are, as Aristotle said, social animals. Our earliest forerunners in faith already knew that. In the book of Genesis, we hear God say, it is not good for man to be alone. Despite this ancient knowledge, we live in a culture that idolizes the individual and leads us to believe that we flourish as humans by expressing our individuality, aspiring to live our own personal dream, and seeing society as little more than a group of individuals sharing the same space. In this individualistic culture, as it turns out, more and more people are suffering the pain of isolation and loneliness. Traditionally thought of as a problem for the older generation, there's now growing concern about loneliness amongst young people. Recent research by the Wellcome Foundation suggests that young people aged 16 to 24 are the loneliest age group of all, with 40% of young people being lonely often or very often. In this individualistic culture, though we may be surrounded by people and engaging in social media, many of those we know, our friends, our family, our colleagues, our neighbors, are feeling isolated, unimportant, and unloved. The Christian faith has a very different perspective to offer on how we flourish as humans. Our tradition teaches that human beings are wired for relationship, for connection with God and with other people, that we flourish through cooperation and community rather than constantly struggling to assert the self. Pentecost is a joyous feast, a time when we remember the earliest days of Christian discipleship, when Jesus had ascended to heaven and the disciples were left alone. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out on them in wind and something like fire, filling them with holy energy, enabling them to speak in many languages, connecting with many new people as they praised the wonderful acts of God. Onlookers were amazed, though some sneered, but Peter challenged the scoffers. This, he said, this is what was promised of old by the prophet Joel, an outpouring of God's spirit on all people. And we are told 3,000 people were baptized that day. This Pentecost story expresses our earliest understanding about what it means to be church, a body of people bound together in relationship by their love of God in Christ and being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. This understanding of church builds on the understanding of the Israelites who already knew the importance of God's presence to their community. 
in our Old Testament lesson today, we hear how God drew close to the Israelites. How when the Israelites were still in the wilderness, God came in a pillar of cloud to the tent of meeting to speak with Moses as a friend. Though the Israelites had betrayed God by making a golden calf and worshiping it in place of God, they had broken the first commandment against idolatry and were terrified of what God might do in response. God assured Moses that his presence would remain with the Israelites as they journeyed on to the promised land. In our second lesson, St. Paul, wanting to prove that his new faith in Christ was superior to the old faith he was leaving behind, compared the glory of God seen on Moses' face through a veil with the glory of God that can be seen in the face of Jesus, who is the image of God. Though his words are highly polemical and he's dismissive of the old religion in a way that many of us might want to challenge, Paul was making the case as strongly as he could because he was arguing for a new way of seeing things, a new understanding of God and God's presence with us, a set of ideas that were completely revolutionary in his day. He was saying that by knowing Jesus Christ, by seeing Christ's faith, face through the mirror of faith, we encounter God with a clarity and a closeness that is completely new. And that when we put our faith in Christ, when we are in Christ, handing our old selves over to Christ, God's Spirit will work in us to transform our old selves, little by little, into Christ's likeness. We will be caught up in the generous, outward-facing life and love of God. This dynamic role of the Holy Spirit, enabling our transformation from a solitary self into a participant in the community of divine love, is also a central theme of St. John's Gospel in its closing chapters. As Jesus prepares his disciples for his departure from them, for his coming death, he promises he will not leave them comfortless. He promises that God will send the Holy Spirit to them, a comforter, to be their advocate and helper, and that if they love one another, this Holy Spirit will abide in them, teaching and guiding them into all truth and transforming them so that as they abide in God, God will abide in them. That promise was kept after his resurrection when Jesus appeared to the disciples, saying, Peace be with you, and sending the disciples to continue his mission, revealing the compassionate face of God to others, and bringing new life to those who trust in him. That peace Jesus offered those first disciples is ours too. When we seek to abide in God's love, and open ourselves to transformation in the spirit. When we see ourselves not as individuals needing to assert and express ourselves above all others because we're fundamentally alone, but rather part of that community of love that is Christ's body, bound together in relationship, 
by our love of God in Christ and empowered by the Spirit, we live our relationships within the generous love of God, seeking out the lost and the lonely and bringing them into community and relationship too. So on this Feast of Pentecost, as we celebrate the presence of God among us through the gift of the Holy Spirit, I wonder how the Holy Spirit is drawing you today. I wonder, will you listen to her voice? 